hi there. Hello. Welcome to It's a Shame. It's a podcast. About shame. And all kinds of other things. So many other things. So basically, we start out talking about things that we think that either we are ashamed of or that people might be ashamed of, and then we go on tangents. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the whole point is to stop being ashamed of things and letting shame kind of fester and dig in deep roots and start messing things up. So. Yeah, we want to uproot it. Yeah. We want to uproot that shame. And <laughs> the best way to do it is by talking about it yeah. and getting it out in the open. Turn it into something positive. I'm Danielle Nelson. I'm Lily Rogers. And we're happy you're here. Yes, very happy. And uh, if you're joining us for the first time, hi. Hello. And if you're returning, welcome back. As always. Yes. We we're always happy you. to hear you. Yep. I was going to say, nope, nope, see you. Nope. Nope, neither. We're always happy for you to hear us. We're, we love that you hear us. <laughs> we couldn't be happier that you're, you're listening. We feel so heard. I feel so heard and so seen, <laughs> even though I am not seen. But I feel like you see me. Um, sometimes I even wave my hands when I'm talking or I'll like demonstrate something. So I really do feel like you see me. Yeah, there is also a lot of facial expression that you all miss. So... Um... Yeah. You know, I feel like at some point maybe we'll go video. Yeah, maybe. You never know. Although we're usually hot messes by the time we end up. I'm right now, just to paint a picture for you since you cannot see me, um, I am sweaty, balmy, gross. Mm -hmm, Same. I've been sweating in my house working all day. Same. Uh, The majority of my clients were telephonic today instead of video. Mm. So that means hair is in a weird bun, um, (laughs) no makeup. um, Yeah, just... Just really rough in it. Yeah, I was sweating a lot before I came over, and then I just decided, no, I'm not even going to do, like, a, a sink bath. I'm just going to throw on some more deodorant and see what happens. Perfect. That's what I've been <laughs> doing for months. It's <laughs> Just caking it right on. <laughs> We're on the getting, same page. And getting the aluminum right in there, you know, because I really <laughs> should change my deodorant. But that's a different conversation. Yeah. Maybe that's a Maybe we could do a podcast about... The shame of making choices that are not environmentally sound or good for your body, but it's about convenience. Yeah, I mean, I have a lot of those. I did switch to a natural deodorant, but I have a lot to say about it. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Yeah, we're doing that one. Maybe that'll be our next episode. Maybe. So our next episode is the season, mid-season, it's like halftime. No, the one after the next one. Oh, wait. Right? Because is this episode seven? Oh, where are we? This is episode seven. This is episode seven. You're right. It will be the next one. So yeah. our next one, yeah. if you um, if you like this week, I I don't know. I think you'll like next week. Yeah. We're gonna <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna mix it up a little bit next week for our mid yeah mid season. What were we calling it? The halftime show. The halftime show. Yeah, because we've been talking sports. Yeah, so many sports this season. Yeah, I mean, um, you got a lot of sports last episode, so. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, next week will be the halftime show, but welcome to the pre-halftime show. Yes. Um, and I'd like... Where all the good stuff happens. Yeah, before halftime. It's, it's trash talking before the halftime show. Um, I do have some brand new information oh. related to last week's episode. Perfect. Um, so last week, I erroneously said that I thought that the girl and the Tom Petty free-fallen music video. The one in the fluorescent shorts. Yes, who's not great at skateboarding. Yeah. Um, she has a name. Her name is Brandy McLean. Uh, Brandy is alive, well, and, mm. um, yeah. She's, I love to hear it. She's not gr- murdered. Yeah, not murdered. 
So I am so sorry about that. Um, <laughs> but I do have a fact correction. Um, so it turns out the guy in the video, who's also a skateboarder, um, is was her real-life boyfriend. So Brandy was dating this guy, Mark Rogowski, and he went by it later in life, Gator. Skater Gator? Later Gator. Later, later Gator Skater. skater. Gator. <laughs> Hater. Um, and so he and Brandy were dating, and I guess he, uh, he kind of had this crazy history. Um, and he got, like, super Christian and was like, hey, like, we can't have sex anymore unless we get married. And she's like, hey, you're kind of, like, jealous and not the greatest, so peace. Mm -hmm. So he didn't kill her. He wound up killing the, uh, the next woman that he was with. Um, God and anyway, yes, so she's alive, but he I'm is... I'm glad a, about that. I'm, I'm glad, too, but he is a horrible murderer. Oh, no. Skater Gator. Nope, not into that. Um, oh, that's just a bad situation for everybody. Like, yeah. poor Brandy has to be like, oh, I escaped this yeah. controlling person because my instincts were awesome. And I was like, no, thank you. I'm not going to tie myself for life to you. But yeah. then, like... This other girl right. winds up being, Ugh. and I just feel like, you know, I wish we could like pass on our partners if we've ever been with somebody who's like red flag city. Yeah. Like, you know, um, my sister dated a real like loser who was physically abusive and a real piece of shit. Yeah. And it has been so hard for me not to reach out to like, cause I had to like delete him off social media cause I would drink too much and be like, you're a you know, anyway, I'm not even going to go into uh -huh. it, but I was not nice because uh, I'm like, good. you do not abuse people. Uh -uh. Um, you have an ex that I hate, actually, who was yeah, a real piece I, of shit. Well, he was a real piece of shit. Uh, I asked him to drink once in a public space. <laughs> so. Well, yeah, he was he was real um, emotionally abusive and terrible. And yeah, I, I actually had a lot of that, too, because I, I would still see him around and he would be dating various people. Um, and I always just wanted I. I stayed as far away as possible because nobody needs to, like, you know, get involved in that. But at the same time, there was And just, you don't like, want to involve yourself with him again. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, it'd be a whole thing. So, I mean, there was just so many moments, though, where I would just be like, I, I just want you to know, like, what I know. <laughs> yeah, I can't it's so you crazy. There's no way you can insert no. yourself that way. It's just not, it's not appropriate. And then I had to, like, delete this guy from everything because I'm just, like... It, in the same way that, like, fuck with my sister or my friends, like, girl code. Like, yeah. I'm just, like, I'll never be nice to you. Like, I will do things like ash in your drink and send you really hateful social media messages. Yeah. Just because I'm, like, I want you to hurt like you made the people that I love hurt. And I know that can't happen. And right. I know that's irrational. But it kind of goes back to what we were saying last week um, adjacent to the competition conversation was the revenge. We yeah. got a little bit into like the yeah. revenge conversation and like just wanting justice so badly and wanting people to kind of not necessarily pay for what they've done, but for nobody no, else I want them to, to pay. be hard. <laughs> I want them to pay. <laughs> it's there's something in me that is like, so in, in my practice, for example, like we have to know like when we have like we're triggered by certain people or there are certain mm -hmm. populations that we find it very difficult to work with. And just given my own history, the history of women that I've loved who've been in abusive relationships, be that emotional, physical, sexual, et cetera, with boyfriends or partners, usually, well, all every time it was a man. Um, and I find it very, very difficult to work with people, men 
who are um, perpetrators of violence right. against women. Like, I just find it, like, I, it, it's so hard for me to, like, reach empathy. Yeah. And on my best days, I can try, but, like, every other day, I'm just like, fuck that dude, right, you know? Right. And, like, it's just so hard for me. So you just ha- end up having to recommend those types of people on when you encounter them? Yeah, and I, I mean, in my, yeah, in, in my practice, I mostly do see, um, women and then um i have i have a couple male clients but um they're definitely not seeing me for things that are related to like rage or violence or anything like that that you know Mm. yeah so it would be very hard though if like i got a call from a client i but yes ethically i would never be like rude i would refer out in fact i've gotten calls in the past from people like a guy um who disclosed to me that he had a history of like sexual assault against women and I was like I'm gonna just go ahead and refer you Mm -hmm. out and of course even on the phone he became aggressive with me yikes and was like I know you remember this I told you and he was just like oh so you're judging me like you think like why is that why you don't want to work with me because you think I'm a shitty person and I was just like it's not about that I just that's not my specialty it's out of my scope of practice and I'm sorry it's unethical I have to like refer him out but then I got off the phone and I was like dude what the fuck like you, you can't even not get confrontational with me right and it was just like yeah see I'm, I was triggered I was like I, I can't work with this population like again sort of that yeah that anger that stems from like entitlement and then also just that deep deep like probably stems from shame just gonna say like mm-hmm. oh you think that there's something like really wrong with me yeah like, yeah yeah 100% and I think that those people deserve a platform to be heard as much as anyone else I think everyone does I mean it's Especially if, like, you know, they're seeking therapy. That's a good thing. 100%. But, yeah, if it's but not, it's not me. for you. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to be useful to you. It's good to, to know that, too. Of yeah. Because then nobody's going to benefit from that. Mm-mm. Especially me. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, anyway, I wish that we could, like, put little, like, tags on those kind of people. Yeah. So that, you know, there would be, like, a warning or, like, a disclaimer. Like, yeah. hey, Gator's insane. And, <laughs> like, you need to know, like... Yeah. Yeah, what you're getting into, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. And it's just unfortunate that everybody kind of comes to being able to read red flags at their own pace. It took me a really long time. Or, you know, I would read certain kinds of red flags that would be blind to others. And, mm-hmm. I mean, that's a whole conversation in and of itself. My- but definitely you just want to be able to, like, yeah, you want to be able to wave the red flag for somebody else and be like, look look at this and most people are just like I don't see it yeah well it's like my favorite line from Bojack Horseman is um you can't see red flags when you're wearing rose tinted glasses they all just look like flags and I'm like when I heard that line I was very good isn't that good very smart but it's true yeah because especially that's that like you know love loading that happens a lot with like abuse where you're fully in rose-tinted glasses mm-hmm. because they put them on you oh, very yeah. strategically. Mm-hmm. They've adjusted the setting of the rose tint and <laughs> yeah, all. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. What's your brand new information? Uh, mine is completely different than that, although, Thank I God. mean, it is very much kind of in line with uh, emotions and things being kind of fucked up. So uh, I had one of those days where I was just like, ugh. Like, why am I feeling this way? You know, oftentimes you can't blame it on anything, but I always, like, think it's funny to check that site is Mercury in retrograde, and that's, like, it's, like, 
is Mercury in retrograde. I love that sign. And all it either says is yes or no, something else must be bumming you out. So I looked at it today and it was like, nope, something else must be bumming you out. So uh, it was funny because uh, a coworker and I look at that site and so I sent it to her and I was like, man, it's just one of those days where I really want to blame Mer- Mercury because, you know, it's, I didn't tell her this, of course, but I was like, in my brain, I'm like, it's too early for PMS again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't blame it all. I mean, I didn't sleep well, I guess, but you know, whatever. You want to escape a shit mood. And I love escape. Very emotional mood too. But then it was like one of those things that you're beating yourself up because your brain isn't fully functioning. So I was like, I'm going to be productive today. And I'm going to do laundry. And so I went to go out and change my laundry and only to realize that I had started the washing machine but never closed the lid. And so when I went out to change out the laundry, it was just like sitting in a pool of water. Shit. (laughs) I've done that before. What's happening? I've done that before. (laughs) It makes me so mad. And so it was just one of those days where I just like I was kind of down on myself anyway, and then I was like, "You can't even do laundry," and uh-huh. Mercury's not even to blame. It's horrible. Anyway, so my coworker sent me this article, and she's like, "Well, it's not Mercury, but there are four other planets in retrograde in the month of August. They are all outer planets, so I guess the it's not as big of a deal." But I was I just found it really interesting. So I like. Uranus, Jupiter, Saturn, and Pluto mm. are apparently all in retrograde this month. And then I found this article, or she sent me this article, and who, I'm I, I'm not into this stuff, so I don't know if any of this is actually correct or not. But they have, like, these little paragraphs about how, like, dealing with each planet's retrograde and, like, in what way you should deal with it. It's like a how-to. Yeah, and it's really funny because, like, for the Uranus retrograde, it's like, rediscover your independence and individuality. Jupiter retrograde is explore your spiritual side and embrace your inner growth. Saturn retrograde is recognize your karma and take responsibility. Pluto retrograde is confront your inner demons and shadow self. And And you're supposed to do all this in the month of August? I guess, and I'm like, that's a lot of work. And also, (laughs) fuck you, Pluto. I am not confronting my inner demons nor my shadow self right now. Yeah, you're like, Pluto, pardon me. I've got three other planets in retrograde (laughs) that I have put ahead of you. Priorities, dude. Priorities. Yeah, exactly. So I just found it funny because I never really consider. I mean, I I don't really do the whole astrology thing. I mean, I dabble and it's fun, whatever. But, like, I, I don't know. I I never really pay attention to, like, exactly what's going on with the planet alignments. Yeah, me either. But when I do stumble on it, it's really fun to read about, even if it's all bullshit. Sorry, I'm sure it's not. Well, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's like, it it's, it's your, it's what you make of it, right? Like, some people, like, meaning is where you find it, mm-hmm. right? So some people really like it, and they put a lot of stock in it. Right. And I love being around those people, and, you know, I just find it fascinating. I when do, they're too. like oh, you're an Aquarius? And, like, they just feed me this information. And I don't care. I mean, do I believe in it? Like, I don't know. Like, yeah. it feels good when they say shit I like to hear. Absolutely. So, yeah. And also, it's just fun to kind of do, like, a mindful thing. Like, like say that Pluto is not the planet of darkness, creation, destruction, and transformation. Like, this article is telling me it is. <laughs> say that's not true. I believe that it is. But it's really nice to be able to, like... Kind Blame of it on something? On, well, or also just like focus on those things yeah. as realities and then just say like, hmm, what, what could I like be mindful about with those in mind? Yeah. No, like, that's a good point. No matter if it's true or not. Yeah. But just it, it kind of like 
allows you to explore a realm of yourself right that those plan that that planet like may be bringing out right and it was also just sort of like a mind break too to to look at an article like this where I was like I need to step away clearly from something that's stressing me out so I'm just gonna take a mind break with this <laughs> and nice yeah it was all right you know it whatever helps right so uh maybe we'll link to it somewhere it's on elite daily though and it's basically I think they have a series like what planets are in retrograde in very valuable information yeah yeah so if if you need a, a mind break and to focus on uh your inner demons and shadow self <laughs> <laughs> Shadow self. I don't even want to think about my shadow self. Me either. But my shadow self was clearly doing my laundry today. Yeah, I think my shadow self has been with me since, like, COVID. So I'm like, Mm -hmm. no, I I mean, I miss my non-shadow self, (laughs) to be honest. I love a scapegoat, though. Like, every time the Santa Ana's roll in, I'm just like, oh, finally, something to blame. So I think I've told you this before, but maybe the listeners have not seen it um you know that show crazy Mm ex-girlfriend yeah and how they have that they have a whole song because it's a musical yeah so they have have a character who comes in and sings a song and the character is the santa annas and it's all about how he's just like fucking with you and like gonna make you completely crazy like mess up your life and it's such a delightful song because i think that people who don't live in like southern california or in the path of the santa annas like might not get it yeah because i didn't really until i moved here like i read that book white oleander yeah 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 and she talks a lot about the santa annas and how uh, like completely messes Jen things Didian up does too yeah and i was just like okay that seems weird but then when you live here you're like they really do mess with you yeah it's crazy i swear they do well the first time i read didion was like in the south and like when she talked about the santa annas like, yeah i kind of like was like huh i like i thought about it but i was like i don't really know what that is and then when i moved out here the first year that i lived here right around like october mm-hmm. someone that i worked with was like yeah like the santa annas are coming in so like it's gonna be this that or the other and i was like oh the santa annas and i was like yeah i'd read about them and then it's just hot uh-huh. and windy and the mm-hmm. pressure change. Like, a lot of people wind up getting migraines and things like that because it's, like, this crazy drastic pressure change. Mm-hmm. And there are these hot, fast winds yeah. that blow in and just kind of really shake Wreak everything havoc. up. havoc. Like, my allergies go nuts. Mm-hmm. It's, like, it's a whole thing. Yeah. So. Yeah. But maybe we'll stumble upon a really good article about the Santa Ana's or read more Didion. Yeah, <laughs> which is always a good idea. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Should we introduce this week's, or this week? Yeah, this week. I almost said this month's topic, but uh, nope. No. Yes, sure. Of course. Yes. So last week we talked about competition, mm-hmm. and we touched briefly on how competition between women is kind of its own thing, mm-hmm. um, and there's something really um, specific and... Um, how do I say it? There, there's something about girl-on-girl competition that is very different, different. than your kind of general competition. So yeah. this week we were going to talk about yeah, lady-on-lady, women-on-women, girl-on-girl <laughs> competition. Right, yeah. Um, yeah, because I think that there's a lot to say about that that is kind of unique to itself than yeah. general competition. And, like, you know, I feel... Like last week, we talked a lot about like sports competition or maybe like work competition. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, there's, I think that just societally, we've been set up in a lot of ways for women to kind of 
compete against each other um, in order to kind of like divide. 100%. We're, I was going to say we're pit against each other. Right. Like I, when I was thinking about the topic today, I was just like language started coming to mind, like the phrase caddy, because mm-hmm. I was trying to remember like competition between women. And I, fe- I feel like it it's had so many different faces mm-hmm. throughout my life. Like it's looked, it looked very different in like grade, junior high, high school yeah. than it did once I was in college and like... And then it looked very different once it was in a professional setting. Like, but there was always something that I could go back to. And every one of those things were either I felt competitive with someone or I felt like someone was competing with me. Yeah. When if we had just had the right tools and not been pitted against each other, we nine out of ten times I look back on it and I'm like, wow, we could have been a powerhouse. Like yeah. if yeah. we would have joined forces yeah. instead of fought each other. Right. Like you could have been friends or you could have Yeah. Like helped uh, each other out. Yeah, definitely. Like I love those um because I know we'll probably get into the relationship realm because uh, that's very prevalent in this topic. But um, I love those like storylines on, you know, various television shows or I think it's happened, you know, on social media too, where women will finally like meet up and be like, oh, this guy is a piece of shit and he's pitting us against each other and we've been competing over this dude. And like yeah. instead, let's flip that around and be like, what's he doing that's so great? And why are we yeah. at each other's throats instead of like seeing this for what it is? We're like, he's the problem. Yeah. When I worked, one of the worst like betrayals by another woman that I experienced were I when I worked for PBS briefly at that TV station and I was a producer there was another woman there had been there longer than me who was a producer and she had like a, a close female friend we were all like peers kind of the same age and they were so mean to me like and that was they were so competitive and like they would do like mean girl stuff and it wasn't until I had left that place that I realized that my two male bosses who were completely dysfunctional and had like no boundaries with the employees were totally like probably getting off on pitting us against each other. And they, I think they felt like if they pitted us against each other, like we would be competitive in the shows that we were producing and they were getting better work from us Mm -hmm. because it became like competitive. That's interesting that you say better work because I feel like a lot of the time those methods are also employed to keep, women from supporting each other so they don't get so powerful at work exactly i think i think they were too dumb to realize that that could have happened i think that's even a possibility yeah i think they were just like oh no a little competition's good between women Uh you know what i mean Uh and they were like and they definitely sent messaging that supported it but it's you know and at the time i was just like why doesn't she like me and you know like it was just so hard but then that turned when i first got there into like i want to I want to, like, take her down. Mm-hmm. Like, I started getting competitive. Mm-hmm. And then, like, but I'm not really, like, good at, like, being a showboat. So then anytime, like, something good did happen, I would get super scared. Because mm-hmm. I would be like, what's she going to do next? Yeah. Because I, I felt like I always got, like, called into the boss's office because she would, like, spy on me. Like, she, uh-huh. it was a whole thing. Well, that's the thing that, like, I've just never had the time for. And we talked about that a little bit last week where I just am, like, I, I just don't have this kind of drive to, like, of one-upmanship and like I will just step out and like take myself out of the picture because I'm just like I would rather do anything than have like a constant one-upmanship yeah I would just get so exhausted by that that I don't think it would be worth it yeah like is it good to be pushed to do better work 
absolutely. Mm-hmm. But at that kind of cost, I'm not a fan of. It's yeah. just like I I just yeah, I don't I don't even know how to handle it. Yeah. And and I didn't. And I think that's part of the reason it like really ate me up is because like I don't really know how to be competitive, but I mean you it, it almost puts you in a sense like you're pitted against each other. Like, mm-hmm. and that messaging starts at such a young age. Yeah. Like how many of us heard when we tried to tell our mom or somebody that a girl, another girl had a problem with us and they would say, she's just jealous. Yeah. Like yeah. immediately employing like a type of language that implies that there's competition there. Mm-hmm. Well, this is all hierarchical and she just sees you're better than her. Right. You know, like that. Like, that kind of messaging doesn't solve anything. It just kind of creates more division. And then it's like, oh, yeah, it's a competition with every woman. And maybe every woman who I get guffed from is jealous. And maybe they are jealous. But, I mean, is that how we want to solve that? Yeah. Yeah. And, I I mean, I think that there's just also, yeah, been just a lot of messages uh, about if you aren't like the prettiest or the best mm-hmm. like in the room then like what what is your worth and what's your standing basically yeah. like and so I think that there's a lot of times where instead of just being like hey I'm rad for these reasons and that person excels at that yeah. like, you can kind of see how everybody kind of tries to be the same and compete for like the same type of attention yeah and I think I'm talking more like middle school, high school realms where that starts to happen. Still right? happens. Yeah. yeah. I think like... But I mean, I think that's where it starts. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. And and until recently, at least when I was growing up, I didn't see a lot of messaging, at least that I can remember. I'm sure it's out there. I'm sure like in the Babysitter's Club and stuff, I got good messages. <laughs> but, um, you know, that, hey, like, you're way more powerful together and you're way, you're going through the same things mm-hmm. and you're just not talking about it. Instead, right. you're like making it be this divisive emotional situation that doesn't need to be here. Yeah. And it goes back to that thing that we were talking about last week where it's like this idea that there's only room for one. Yeah. Right. So then it's kind of like, there's not room for all of us, like with women, like there's only room for a couple of us. And I mean, and a lot of times that is true, but those are male, usually male created situations and worlds like, you know, women and and STEM, like in science and that kind of thing. Like, and, you know, it's just, it's crazy to me, like just that women even feel like to, to be in the same field as another woman, that there's competition because only one of you can really be great. Right. As opposed to you guys, like, you all dominating the field. Right. Like, there's so little room. Like, you should be lucky to just be included. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. So then if another woman shows up, it's like... Yeah. And, like, women who are described as, like, catty. (laughs) It's another one of my favorites. Like, she's just catty. Um, and, and there are women, I mean, I've certainly known women in my life who are very competitive with other women by nature. Yeah. Like another woman enters the scene, you know, they're the kind of maybe person that it feels more closely with men, has a lot of male right. friends. They 
kind of like to make the other woman feel like threatened. I feel very strange when I'm around women whose demeanor changes when men are present. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. And it does turn way more into a little bit of a performative thing. And yeah, a lot of the time you do feel like, oh, like there's a dichotomy set up now where before we were just chilling. Yeah. Yeah. Well, exactly. It's kind of like, it's like leaning really hard to sometimes like when I'm with or surrounded by women who kind of lean into that when yeah. men are around that performative thing. It's like, then I, I struggle with like, oh, like, I guess I need to lean into my objectification, like being objectific- objectified a little more. Right. But I never really feel comfortable with that. And yeah. I'm not really good at being like performative for men. Um, so when I see it happen and like, you know, and, and men are kind of very often delighted by it, you know, and it's like, um, I just got a really solid eye roll from Lily (laughs) (laughs) and it's like, and you know, that's fine. I mean, if that's what you enjoy and like, it like gives you attention, it's just like, and here's the thing, like, there's nothing wrong with flirting. No, not at all. Like I love a good flirt. But it ex- what expense to the other woman, women right. in the room? It's just, yeah, it's much more like when the energy changes and you feel somebody like not being themselves and then they kind of start like, like side-eyeing you or like um, hitting on the person that you're with. Yeah. Or just kind of needing. Yeah, there are a lot of people who like need, I think, um, and I see this like, with women more than men is like, um, like, oh, she's just flirtatious and that's fine, you know, or like, oh, that's just how she is. Yeah. And like, I, there are a lot of women that I'm close to in my life who really like thrive off of like male validation and they kind of like to, you know, have that. Uh, I don't, you know, there, and that's not a judgment. I just don't, um, I'm not wired that way. I I seek validation in many other ways. Believe me. (laughs) I mean, I'm flawed and, a myriad of ways, but that I'm just not that way with men. But I think that the competition piece comes in for me because I then think like, maybe like the the thought occurs to me in those moments, like, am I like humdrum boring? Especially like if there's a woman really putting on a show, do you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? And like Mm -hmm. men seem to laugh other women who might lean into it, you know, and kind of play along yeah. Even though maybe they're not really enjoying it. And then I feel like I'm kind of like, am I the only person here who's like, so we could be do- doing other things <laughs> or talking about other things. Um, yeah, like this uh, this sort of vibe doesn't really have to exist right now, but it's existing for, and it's weird like when you're like one of the few people who is seeing it because yeah. you just know a lot about the person or like you've seen it so many times that you're just like, I, I definitely know what's going on. And here. they don't talk to the other women. And that's right. what I think that's why it feels competitive. I mean, because that by nature, like, like, for example, flirtatious people, I am genuinely charmed by mm-hmm. like a man who like has kind of almost like I have we have a good friend who is in sales and he flirts without even like knowing he's flirting because he's just flirtatious. Uh huh. 
And like, and he's, he's that way with men. He's that way, way with women. I find him to be not inauthentic, but it's just him. He's yeah. charming. Yeah. I like women like that too. Yeah, yeah, who yeah. like when you see them, you know, and they're, that's just who they are. Like they're equal opportunity flirts, <laughs> you know? And I, I love that. Yeah. I'm, I'm always delighted by that. I'm like, butter me up, please. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think the kind of person we're talking about is like, that's it's the kind of woman who walks into a room with women and men and sucks the air out of the room for the other women. Right. Because they're not interacting with the other women. They're not like feeding anything back into the conversation. They're kind of trying to dominate the the male gaze, mm-hmm. so to speak. And, you know. And they're exactly the type of people who deflate as soon as attention is on somebody else. Yeah, they'll either be cruel or yeah. catty yeah. Um, <laughs> or leave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Because if the attention is not, like, on them, they'll just go get it elsewhere. Yeah. Are there any times that you can think of, like, in your younger life where you had to deal with competition, like, specifically, and you were kind of, it was, like, maybe some of your first experience with it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was a cheerleader. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> And a lot of that was um, about our bodies, and mm-hmm. there was a lot about like who, which boys liked who, and who was a be- closer best friend of whom, who had more money, yeah. who was going to mm-hmm. get a car. I mean, it was competitive on every single level. Yeah. And then, you know, it was that mean, mean girl shit where you would have something vulnerable happen at their house or away at cheerleader camp, and you would like pray to God that like it didn't happen around Amanda because you knew that like if she got wind of it she would tell everyone and it was just like there were certain girls like I lived in fear of and I was just like and I wasn't afraid of them Mm -hmm. I was afraid of their kind of competitive jealous like like or whatever the hell it was that like if they got wind of anything negative that happened to me I was just scared that, like, they would use it against me because yeah. I saw them constantly use it against other right. girls. No, absolutely. Like, I, yeah, I, I asked because I also had a lot of that when I was growing up. Uh, my friend group when I was in elementary school, <laughs> going way back. Um, yeah, I used to get, like, sick to my stomach sometimes to go to school because you never knew whose turn it was to be ostracized. But it happened, like, kind of frequently. And it would just be, like, a bunch of, girls getting together and just kind of deciding that they were like against one of us Mm -hmm. at some point and I was fully involved in that I'm not saying that I wasn't like you know oh I was too you know sometimes it felt really affirming to be like oh I'm not the one yeah you know and so you just get sucked into that like competitive thing where it's 100 like, oh we're all fine like we're all wearing guest jeans this week and like you know she's not and <laughs> and also you know she's just been real annoying lately hasn't she like you know and it was but it was it was devastating when it happened to you yeah and like there would be you know like weeks at a time that my friends were just icing me out and it was like you, what do you do with that and what's it for yeah like, and then you feel like for... you're either prayed you're either going to be preyed upon or you prey on other people yeah exactly because there was always like a ringleader right mm-hmm. and she was always the one kind of stirring that pot and it was very much to like i don't know what the impetus was it's just like how how terrified are you that people don't like you or something so you're keeping everybody else in like constant like per, like need to 
praise you mode. Mm -hmm. I like Mm -hmm. need to be included. Yeah. It's just a weird power thing that gets learned really early, but it's, it's a really creepy kind of competition that very much follows you throughout your life as women. One of my earliest memories of being like a bully and like a mean girl was related to cheerleading because the, I was myself and another girl were both Mm co-captains and she was like a year older than me. Mm -hmm. And we made this like welcome back to school, like banner and underneath mine, I remember I made like an error, like in something I was drawing. So underneath my name, instead of like co-captain, I put like number one (laughs) co-captain. And which is just like, come on, bitch. Like, I'm just looking at my younger self, like, honey. You're setting yourself up. Yeah, I'm just like, what are you doing? So I did it, like some other girls were like, I mean, you are obviously, you know, like (laughs) cheering me on because they love to stir the pot. Uh And even the captain was like, I mean, that's what I would have written, you know, like, and everybody had my back. And this girl, was so sweet she never confronted me about it we were just like on opposite kind of ends and speaking of which during cheerleader camp my the one the woman who ran it was super smart and she thought there was beef between us so she she put us in the same room she was just like apparently in living fear of me and then when I met her she wound up being one of the first best friends I ever had like we became so close like we were like sisters like we after that we were like at each other's house every week we knew everything about each other we were infinitely supportive of each other we both left the squad like in the future because we thought it was too toxic like Mm -hmm. I mean like it was just it was the best possible thing that could have happened yeah like to get me away from those other girls and I really think like the lady who ran it the coach saw that and probably saw me getting sucked in and was like and maybe her name, the friend, she's lovely. Her name's Julie. I hope she's well. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a lovely, lovely person. And I, and Julie came from a big Catholic family with, like, six sisters. Mm-hmm. So she was all about girl code. So yeah. for me, she wasn't going to fuck with me. She yeah. was just like, you got your own shit. Like, I don't care. So, yeah, putting us in that room, like, it was the best thing because it forced us to, like. Yeah, just, like, s- knock this shit off. <laughs> yeah. And, like, you know, and we had to get to know each other. Yeah. Yeah. We, in ways that you probably wouldn't have done otherwise. Mm-mm, no. And, like, we both hated, apparently, to sleep away, mm-hmm. which was interesting because then every weekend we were at each other's houses, but we were together. But we both had extreme anxiety about, like, not being at, like being away. And yeah. we bonded over that. And we just became super close. Oh, wow. Yeah. And yeah. it doesn't always end that way. But, I mean, yeah. I wonder if given the opportunity to be alone with your bully or yeah. if or somebody who bullied you... Might you have just kind of seen, like, that you had more in common than you realized. Right. And that a lot of the bullying was born out of shame or embarrassment. Right. Or I felt threatened by her. I, I mean, I wouldn't have done that if yeah. I didn't feel. I was threatened. I was definitely threatened. Well, yeah. I mean, I think that that's interesting, too, though, because I went through a lot of cycles with people. You know, like mm-hmm. I was just saying, in elementary school, it repeated itself. In high mm-hmm. school, um, stuff like that would happen. Like, I remember, you know there was like a trio of us and we hung out like all the time together and um then you know I started you know being me and not being as communicative or like as available Mm -hmm. as you know sometimes I retreat introvert and I just kind of like stop engaging on that level Mm -hmm. and it was like they were just so used to that that they just started like getting angry at me and I remember they did that thing 
I don't, the kids won't remember how to do this, but uh, where you could three-way call. Oh, yeah. And they would do that to me and, like, try to get me to, like, talk, talk shit. shit about the other ones. Mm-hmm. And then they would, like, chime in and be like. I've been here the whole time yeah. listening. And then they're just, like, yelling at me. And I remember one time, like, my sister having to, like, get involved. And she, like, got so mad because, like, they were being, like, honestly mean to me. But it was, but then there was just kind of a cycle of that where I would just stay in it. And it was like, okay, fine, like, whatever. But. I think that I just learned a lot of lessons after stuff like that, which is probably why I am not like this in my relationships now. But I just remember looking at this and being like, I don't have to do this. Yeah. Like, I don't I don't have to compete for your friendship with this other person. Why are we doing this weird competition thing? So weird. Like, I just don't want this. And I just remember admiring so much um, I had another friend in high school. She ended up being my best, best friend. Uh, we did everything together for a while there. Um, I actually moved to San Diego with her. Um, but I just admired her so much because she was just so not about that. And she was just like, peace. Like when people were being bullshit or, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of shit was going on. She was just like, uh-uh, bye. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she just like, and I remember like after kind of like going through these cycles with these other two, I was just like, uh, well, she ended up like leaving the school that we went to and so I didn't see her as much anymore I just remember like reaching back out to her and being like please hang out with me (laughs) yeah and then then we did a lot because it was just like and it was such a relief to get out of that like toxic competitive friendship zone 100% where we're like where is this coming from and like why do I constantly feel bad about myself well and you're being gaslit too so you start to feel crazy yeah you start to feel crazy because usually like the girl who like especially if you've got like a triangulation situation where mm-hmm. it's you not only another person but an other party or other parties like there's usually somebody who's trying to like get you out yeah or push you out and again the friend competitive competition shit especially oh. and then you start to feel crazy because yeah. you're just like well am i am i like because if somebody tells you something enough yeah you start to kind of believe it yeah absolutely and you know sometimes like when it comes from women i'm much more likely to believe it yeah. I'm more susceptible to be like, to take that under consideration. Yeah, absolutely. As opposed to it, like if it came from a man. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes it even more, it makes it even harder in a way because I'm so, I'm so disappointed when I'm let down by a woman. Yeah. And when I'm Me let too. down by a man, I mean, this is going to sound kind of shitty, but I kind of almost expect it. Right. Or like, it's not that I'm always like, every man's going to let me down. But, like, if a man lets me down, I'm almost just like, yeah, well, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, but if, like, a woman that I, if a woman lets me down, I'm just, like, bummed. Yeah. Like, yeah. hurt by it. It is a lot harder to deal with that. And and also to, for something that you don't subscribe to. Because for me, it's just, like, trying to escape female competition has been really difficult and I've not done it well a lot of my life I don't involve myself as a competitor but I am Mm -hmm. definitely a bystander in it or Mm -hmm. a participant in in some way and what you know have have seen it and watched it happen so much Um, and it's really hard to bow out as a person who doesn't give a shit about that stuff like saying nothing and doing nothing is sometimes the only route but then sometimes like you do need to step in and be like, hey, what's this about? Like, this seems fucked up. And why? Right. Why? Are, why? And and a lot of the time it is competing over something, mm-hmm. whatever that thing may be. Yeah. 
And it's just like, I mean, the older I get, the more and more I lean into like this idea of things being infinite instead of finite. Right. And so competition in general, and especially between women, I just, I don't understand. And even now I see it like in certain friend groups where there's like a little bit of splitting where like somebody doesn't want this person to become too close to that or like they, and it's just very interesting to me. And then also in a professional setting still where it's like there are women who would much rather boast up another man mm-hmm. who is in their niche of their mm-hmm. field than another woman because mm-hmm. there's the threat that that woman might be better at something than they are as yeah. opposed to like, what could I learn from her and she from me? 100. You know, and like <clears throat> men appear safer when it's actually their game that we're playing in the first place. Exactly. By not encouraging each other. And that's why it's so frustrating. Like, I am, I count myself very, very, very lucky that uh, I work in an industry that is very cut through. And it's all about competition and being the best and, and kind of trying to one-up other people's ideas and stuff. Um, but I feel very lucky that, uh, for a time at least, I worked with a group of women who were really tight-knit and supportive and yeah. really tried to have conversations about how can we be better about championing each other's ideas and not talking over each other and yeah and not letting others talk over us and like we had really mindful conversations about those things at work and I was really really proud and happy to be a part of that um I still work with incredible women but it's just it's not that same group and we were very unique and yeah. it was such an incredible experience to be able to work with that because it was like other jobs that I had had, it it was very much like, so what do you think about this? And then, the, like, kind of using your words either uh-huh, against uh-huh. you or as their own or, like, you know, all of that getting ahead yeah. bullshit, bullshit. Yeah. And I'm just, like, I always just let it happen because I'm not willing to be like, um, excuse me, fuck you, that's my idea. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it was just so relieving not to have that and to yeah. have a space where we were. I mean, but even then, we would get competitive with each other. Yeah. But... It was always pretty healthy. Yeah. I think. And I I think around the same time that you were in that work environment, I, th- I remember talking to you about it because I was in like this utopia work environment in terms yeah. of my coworkers. Um, I, being a medical social worker in a hospital, like that work is super hard. So if there ever became like any interpersonal things or when I started working for a boss who was grossly incompetent, I had to leave almost right away because mm-hmm. the job itself was so hard. But there was this brief time where we didn't have any management because they were like, oh, manage yourself. Um, and it was almost all women. Mm-hmm. We were all social workers. We worked together. They had moved us from these beautiful offices with views of the ocean. Mm-hmm. They had given those offices to other people and they put us all in the basement with no windows. Cool, cool. Yeah. Cool, cool. And we created the most like bad ass, like, we had like heating pads for people who were on their period. Mm-hmm. We had like for social work month, we'd buy like special massagers for each other. And like, and we would like always try to bring in chocolate on Friday. Like yeah. it was such, and it was such, um, it was just like this, this community. Yeah. Like I would talk about the most intimate things in that office. Like if I had had an argument with my mom or a friend or my husband, yeah. I would talk about it with the same like detail and vulnerability that I would talk to you about it. And they would as well. It was just like this super close knit. 
Yeah. And I think part of it was because the work we were doing was so hard Yeah, that it was just like, and I'm, I Who's feel got time to compete. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, fuck, we just trying to get through. Yeah. So then when we, they did bring in management that penned us against each other, I feel really lucky that I was with a group of like-minded women and we yeah. fought them together. Right. You know, and I felt like it just, it was such a powerful thing to be part of. And like anytime management would call one of us in and be like, so how is Danielle? We would, they, you know, we'd all agree because that was our management splitting tactic. Right. We would be like, I don't know, you should probably talk to her. And then we would immediately be like, hey, so I met with so-and-so and by the way, she's doing that thing again mm-hmm. where she tries to split us. And yeah, because that's the thing. I've worked with people who you just get this very weird sense that they're like information hoarders mm-hmm. and it's just so they have that they, they look the smartest and they have all the information and they know what's going on and yeah. so you look like an idiot when you're asked questions and you're like oh I really didn't know any of that was happening or right. like right. but then also yeah it would put you in a position where it would be like now present to the client and you're like you haven't given me any information yeah like what are you doing and it it feels like really pointless I'm like I'm part of your team. If I'm not prepared, I just make you look bad too. Yeah, we all look bad when we don't hold each other up. Yeah. Yeah. So again, yeah, that sort of like there's no, like nothing is like finite. If you support each other and you boost each other up and you work as a team, things only look better for you individually also. Like I don't understand what people don't get about that. It's so interesting too because... In, in light of like all of these companies and these CEOs, a lot of them women who were kind of outed as really not promoting women of color yeah. specifically, a lot of these CEOs were also outed for really creating like mean girl toxic cultures and yeah. the workplace. I don't want to like point names, but allegedly two brands that I really loved. Um, but now I'm like, gosh, that's, is it was a mean girl culture? Um, Reformation. Mm. And also um, Jen Gotch's, uh, gosh, what is the name of it? But anyway, um, Bando. Oh, Bando, yeah. And like, and so, I... I knew it had a, yeah, anyhow. And like, I loved, I loved to think of Jen Gotch's creating this uh, community of like fun. And, and then like all these stories started coming out about like how maybe she herself didn't enable it, but that she didn't stop. Yeah. People. And it's kind of like that same thing. Like when you're at the helm, especially when you're a woman running things, you know, and and men should too. But I just, I think about like the men that I've worked for and like anytime there was some kind of like girl on girl competition drama, the words, words like catty, jealous, intimidation, like they would pit us against each other. Right. As opposed to, you know, you, you'd like to ideally think like when we have women in places of leadership that if they saw that kind of thing happening between women, they would be like, wow, we need to like talk about this and shift the culture a little bit again. Have some like something in place instead of just being like, oh, we don't know how to deal with this, like figure it out or just let it happen or let's just get rid of that one person who's causing all the problems you know what I think the saddest thing is is I think that people who are not competitive and maybe they're not extroverted or the loudest person in the room or they haven't for whatever reason been equipped with the kind of like tools you need to play those nasty games Mm -hmm. they will stop shining for fear of being ostracized being bullied 
being called out Mm -hmm. and they shrink and then they wind up getting less and less. And it's just like that kind of manipulation. I see most between women Yeah, is it's almost like I'm afraid to be too loud. I'm afraid to be too much. I'm afraid to succeed yeah. because if she sees me succeed at my job, she's coming for me. I've definitely experienced that. And yeah. I'm 100% one of those people who is just going to be like, ah, this is not worth it. Yeah. It's not worth it to me to like have this fight with you. Like, I don't want to yeah. have a power fight. I do not have the energy. Like I care about my job, but I also much rather have a nice home life. And my yeah. home life is not going to be great if I am this stressed out over trying to like deal with you all day absolutely it's just it's such an energy drain it's just like yeah competition vampire I don't know yeah it's just like I don't I don't want I don't want any part of that and like so a friend sent me um this article today and she uh she was just like yeah I totally agree with a lot of this and it was about um how wrong culture fit hiring is Mm. because um how Basically, people who who say that are just kind of hiring people who like they mirror like. their own experiences <laughs> yeah. or who they like. And, yeah. and in a lot of ways, uh, it was talking about how that's like how, you know, fewer people of color get like hired for certain types of roles. It's and funny because you in general culture, culture fit hiring just seems like a really racist term in a weird way. Yeah, <laughs> they really yeah. blend in in the yacht club. Right, it's a right, good culture right, fit, right, right. you know. But like, but see, this this to me, I have a problem with a little bit because I have used the term culture fit, and maybe it's the wrong thing for what I'm thinking and saying. I think that people are really stupid when it comes to culture fit, and they do do that whole mirroring. Absolutely. Thing. Like, Would I want to have a drink with you? I'm like, I don't need to have a fucking drink with you. I yeah. need you to shut the fuck up and do your job well. Yeah. Like that's what I need you to do. Yeah. Like, am I shut the fuck up? I don't mean in a bully way. I mean in a like, just. Do your job. Don't cause drama. Don't cause drama. Don't, 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 you don't need to make waves. All superfluous bullshit. Yeah, just show up like the rest of us. This backstabbing nonsense. Like, just stop. Just do your job well. Yeah. And like, I will love working with you. Yeah. It doesn't matter if we we get along or or if we look like one another or whatever. Yeah. And so I would use culture fit in those ways where it's just like, I just want somebody, but I don't think that that's the way that most people are viewing it. So I do agree with this article, but there are, but for me, a bad culture fit would be somebody who comes in and wants to throw their weight around and yeah. be like, I need to say a bunch of nothing just to look like I said something. And it's like, you're, you're mm. inefficient and you're not good at your job. Yeah. There's no competition about that. It's just a fact. Those are just the facts. You're just bad at your job. Yeah. And you're not doing it. But there are a lot of people who get by on razzle dazzle. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they just kind of, they are only a culture fit. I just think it's an insecurity thing. And I'm like, if you Mm -hmm. stopped wasting your energy on trying to put other people down, hoard information, be like the top dog or be in with the like higher ups or whatever. Higher ups love those people though. But then you would be doing your job so much better. Yeah, but you know what? When you have inefficient leadership, and yeah. especially like when I when I talked about the incompetent leadership I've encountered in the past, one of the things that made this person so grossly incompetent is that they were very insecure yeah. as a leader. And as a result, like they couldn't go to people one-on-one. They weren't right. good at it. So they would try to glean information from other people so that then they could, and it, be, it was like splitting and all that shit. But here's the thing. They wound up getting super tight with people who understood that right. and people who knew how to play that game. Right. And then 
we're, we're all trained at, at, in the hospital I worked at. We were all trained mental health professionals. So we're trained in organizational thinking. We could see that shit 50 miles away. Totally. And we're like, okay, so so-and-so is clearly the one feeding all the information and they're splitting. So then we try to be like, you know, like when that person was around, like it's just a shame like that we're all feeling kind of split up down here. Like we're a team, we work hard and like, right. and like trying to do the leadership job for the person. It's just, right. it's so fucked up. And like, I just wish that, they would start at the top. Yes, absolutely. Well, and that's the other thing too. What I feel like it's, it, it must just be so incredibly difficult to be a woman in, in leadership and a woman in power. I've seen really good examples of how that can be done, but then there are just so many toxic bad ones too. So already like the models of the, the women who have gotten ahead aren't great mm -hmm. in a lot of contexts. And then a lot of it is just mirroring how men do it. And, and it's like, that's not great either. And it's like, but how many, and I just think like, God damn, how many of these women had to play a man's game the right. way a man plays it to get the funding for their company or to get right. the, you know, and then they just never stopped. Right. And it was like, well, I'm beholden to these men and I live in their world. So therefore I play their game. Totally. And you know, and now, I've gotten like networking from them or favors. So I like, I owe them yeah. in this way. And it's yeah. like, yeah. And, and then also just, I mean, not speaking up for and not giving, I think even maybe just attention, just maybe not even paying attention to the women who are having a hard time or are struggling kind of in the lower levels. And just saying, like, instead of competing with you, I can see I'm going to try to grow talent. I'm going to try to be an incubator. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Better I want you to succeed. Yeah. I'm gonna what are you, you some, good I'm at? I'm going to give you some seed information or some seed money or some yeah. seed startups, you know, like grow and boost other women. Mm -hmm. And we all, Lizzo, then <laughs> 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 we would all shine. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's absolutely true. Empowered women empower women, right? Yeah. yeah. And it's like, again... I, mean, I know it's a cliche, but fuck. Can no, we actually put it into action? No, it's true. And like, if a, but if you feel threatened, you're going to behave as though you're cornered. Yeah. Right? And so, again, it starts with, like, creating that environment. And I guess, you know, if we take this even out of the context of the workplace, it's kind of like whether you're in a friend group or in any situation where... There's somebody who is behaving, again, like there's something that's finite or there's not enough or they have to protect or they have to, it's because for whatever reason, maybe they feel cornered or yeah. they feel like there's not enough of something or, right. you know, and I just hate that. I hate it when somebody feels that way and then I start to feel that mm -hmm. way. And then I'm like, no, 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 that's not in my constitution. Like right. I, if I'm feeling that way, that means like shit's not okay. Right. Like I'm feeling we need wonky. to reassess this situation. Exactly. I'm yeah. like, no, because I know at my mm -hmm. core that that's not the way things are. Well, and it's like what you were talking about before too, where sometimes like the, the most competitive people might feel is with somebody who they feel is a lot like them or has the same skill set as them or, um, yeah, it, it, it could kind of be in their space or in their realm. Yeah. And you're like, instead of competing against one another, how amazing would it be to be like really badass partners or like, maybe no one's ever, maybe they yeah. don't even know and have never lived in a world where like they saw that or, 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 or even, um, imagined that it could be a possibility. Right. Yeah. So maybe, maybe the onus is on us as yeah. women to, 
to when we see that kind of behavior to model that there's room for all of us and there's a place for all of us, whether you're the flirty gal or you know what I mean? Like just there's room, there's room for everyone. Mm -hmm. Like you said on the last podcast, which stuck with me because when we first, uh, we have, uh, we had Penny, our first dog. And then when we got Molly, our second dog, every time Molly would get in the bed with us, Jamie would always say, there's room for everyone because Penny would growl at Molly. <laughs> and um, so when you said that last time, it just uh, stuck with me. I love that saying for that reason, because it just is a sweet memory. But also um, there's there's room for everyone. Yeah, there is. Absolutely. And it's so much more empowering for yourself to be able to learn and grow to say, like, instead of like looking at this person as competition, why don't I start looking at like their actual talents and be like, what could I glean from this? And like, what could I teach this person? What do I know that they don't know that they're not doing well? Yeah. And instead of like trying to exploit it and use it against them, say like, I actually know something about this and they might benefit from it and become, Mm -hmm. end up becoming like some awesome ally partner. Yeah. And if we were all helping each other all the time, like, you know, and we looked at it that way, you know, I just, I think that, a lot of people have been burned mm-hmm. and they've been hurt and they're understandably guarded because they've probably had information stolen from them or they've had, you know, something taken that they felt really, that was really valuable. And then yeah. it's unfortunate because then they move forward feeling that like sense of needing to protect something, that yeah. scarcity. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think that the moral of the podcast (laughs) I think we've decided is you know in lieu of competition like let's try to just be inclusive yeah absolutely and like also we didn't go into it too hard but you know everybody kind of knows or can feel the pain of maybe a partner having left you for somebody else or whatever but guess what that's really empowering too at the end of the day like when your broken heart is is mended to be like hey this person and I like are attracted to the same type of people like what could we like, learn from each other would we be friends I mean if that's yeah. like the realm or possibility 100 percent. it's why fetch the bolt cutters is just yes. so god gosh darn exactly. freeing um the idea that like hey like no kind of love is like another kind of love so why would we ever make it a competition right like it, de- like yeah, you were with him, and I am so glad, girl, because I bet you taught him some shit. Exactly. And like, I'm glad I didn't have to teach him when the time rolled around, and like vice versa. Like to the women who were with my exes, like I hope that he's doing something right yeah, that I got right. on his ass about. And like, if you <laughs> find photos of me or some picture of me, or like, you know, there's that whole great line about this dress that some future woman might find in the closet yeah, yeah. and she leaves it because an ex of another boyfriend's left it for her. And like, it's just paying it forward. Like there is, mm-hmm. it's not a competition. Not a competition. It's not a competition. Nope. And you know, I think that when you're a little bit younger, you don't quite understand that. And you're just like, Oh my God, like he can leave me for this, like really like overpoweringly flirtatious woman. It's like, if that's going to happen, it's going to happen. happen. Like, yeah. You can't control it. It's like, so weird. Like the older that I get, um, and I've been in a, you know, committed monogamous relationship for over a decade now. And like, it's funny because I, many of my exes have now moved on and gotten married and some of them are having kids. And, 
it's just really lovely to me that there was a time in my life when if I would have run into them with a girl that I thought was like prettier than me <laughs> or like more successful, like I might have been um, jealous, threatened or like, oh, like what's wrong with me? Or I would have. But now, like when I see or hear that they're with some badass rad woman, I'm just like, yeah. how'd you pull it off, dude? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, that. yeah, I'm just like, girl, like, all right, good for you. But also, like, you must have upped your skill game. <laughs> um, That's always fun to think about. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And But yeah, like if they're, the idea of a man or a partner leaving someone for another woman um I think of this like magnet I used to have on my fridge in um college it says just remember no matter how good they look there's somebody somewhere sick and tired of putting up with their shit yeah you know what I mean and Mm -hmm. it's just like you know when you get to that point like when you really love someone and like they like for whatever reason if they move on or you feel like you have your heart broken it's funny because you can sometimes go from being like blaming the other person, you know, her, mm-hmm. um, to being like, honey, if you want him, like, <sighs> have at it, have at it. Cause you see how he's acting currently, <laughs> you know, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> oh, but um, the romantic thing, the competition, I'm glad you brought that up. Like <laughs> it is, it is a very unique kind of competition between women. Yeah. And I mean, I think, I think too, that it is interesting when you can humanize people who you might have otherwise been threatened by and just be like, yeah, like they're just a person and they're shiny and new for that person right now. But at the same time, they're human and they're just going to end up being human like yeah. we all are. Yeah. And I think that that's a really good way to look at it. Not not like, a oh, well, they're going to be disappointing because they're fucking human. <clears throat> but just to say, like, if you can think about people as a complex set of emotions and thoughts and beings that it's very much easier to just accept that, you know, maybe they got something that you didn't get, but maybe there's so many times in their life that they didn't. And maybe that's what's driving them to compete with you or to be an asshole to you. Like, you know, people are, so many things and there's just so much going on at any given time and it's 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 way more interesting to think like hey this person isn't just like a blank slate of competent competitive like assholery yeah like they are a human being Mm -hmm. i mean don't get me wrong there are people who are just straight up assholes and that I'm just like, I don't need any part of you. <laughs> but yeah. a lot of the time, it's not coming from those places. And a lot of the time, there's much more that you could, like, discover and know about each other. Because, like, you know, I'm thinking, too. And there are girls who are who are going to try to make a hobby out of, like, fucking your partner. Yeah, absolutely. There are those people, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And that sucks. But, it really does suck. I mean, it sucks but if the you most have a partner because... who's going for it, then, like, that's, exactly. that's something that shouldn't be happening in your life. Like, yeah, maybe maybe they're not the one for you if, right. if they're capable of doing something like that. Right. And it's also just, like, the, the people that kind of make a hobby out of wanting to fuck your partner or whatever, like, you know, if that's, like, what is... 
empowering them and like getting them through like they're never really going to be fulfilled. They're never going to be happy people at I the know. end of the day. Because it's you're about. chasing the dragon, man. Yeah. Because you're it's the taboo, you know, that you're attracted to, and it's the well, the dirty un. Yeah. You know, I'm not supposed to do it. It's well, forbidden. That's why I just don't think it's healthy to like be those types of competitive, and why I just really, first of all, I I don't have the fight in me, but secondly, I just don't want to end up being like person who's just filling a, a never-ending hole yeah and are I'm, we talking about the hungry ghost again uh, <laughs> the hungry ghost rises from the ashes stomach growling again um yeah i mean but i'm super strict about and in, in terms of like romantic and sexual liaisons i take girl codes super seriously yeah super seriously Same. you don't fuck yeah you you know where and who to fuck and everybody knows it instinctively uh-huh. and just ju- yeah just be real careful with where you're sticking your vagina <laughs> you know especially you know be mindful of your female f- and talk about it yeah. oh my gosh talk about it yeah i mean i feel like at the at the core of everything which is why we have this podcast like talking about things helps kind of even some playing fields or expose things that maybe are causing unhealthy behavior or bad, bad, whatever that means, behavior in terms of like, you know, like when women get together in groups, for instance, and start like really discussing things like we had a, a book club for a while uh-huh. and like just started really like talking about some of the texts and unpacking some of the things that we've all been through and gone mm-hmm. through and just like hearing from different women how different but the same a lot of our experiences were it was really empowering and I think that that happened like in the second wave feminist movement where like women were coming you know out of their houses and actually coming together kitchens. in groups and yeah. talking to each other right. and and you know, it was so powerful that a lot of men in power got very afraid of that. But at the same time, it was like, yeah, guess what? We don't need to be, like, looking over at the Joneses and being like, well, you know, she's just running that household into the ground. And like, well, yeah. guess what else they got? Today? And when I say, <laughs> like, be careful where you put your vagina, like, I don't want to shame Anyone who has been the other woman or who has been like a quote unquote like home wrecker, like I would much rather have a drink with you and try to like understand what happened and how he made you feel or how they made you feel that like, you know what I mean? Like I I, I would much rather understand it than I would to cast judgment or throw like the first stone. You know what I mean? Like I, and again, I would treat the quote unquote cheater much mm-hmm. differently if they're a woman than they are a man. I, I will be completely open about that. Yeah. Like if it's yeah. a woman who is cheating, I mean, I, I'm, I generally frown upon it. Um, <laughs> but you know, I don't know. Like, I feel like, again, like sometimes I feel like if a man does it, I'm like, well, who didn't see that coming? He has a penis. <laughs> um, but you know, I don't know. Like sometimes if it's a woman, I'm just like, again, I'm like, what, what's going on? Like, yeah. and nine out of 10 times I'm like, how long have you felt alone? Mm. How long have you felt like you weren't seen, you weren't heard, you weren't desired? Like, how long was that going on and you just didn't tell any of us? Mm. You know? Interesting. Yeah. 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 And I mean, you know, sometimes 
people have a hard time because they associate their own power with their sexuality uh a lot of the time i've seen women have a hard time ending up in settled relationships or you know not having a lot of um competition or a foot in the game anymore Mm -hmm. if you will yeah because that's where they derive their power from right or their sense of power from not Mm -hmm. actual power but sense of power um and so it's it's hard when it comes down to like you're kind of out of that game now yeah totally yeah Yeah. and but i mean i I think that you know then maybe it manifests itself in other ways too where then it becomes started being like like the, the competition has to go somewhere. So yeah. then it goes like into like a toxic work environment or, yeah. you know, yeah. some sort of keeping up with the Joneses situation yeah. where we're like com- competing against our neighbors and competing against our friends for like what we have and what we don't, you know, like all of that shit. Um, yeah. Maybe the goal is just like try to be inclusive where you can. Yeah. yeah. And also just fucking talk about shit. Like sometimes when you, you feel insecure and you're looking at somebody's Instagram and you're like, Becky is always at brunch. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, yeah, but do you know anything about, about, like, maybe she's brunching a lot because she's fucking sad about something. Or maybe yeah. her life is really fucking happy and she's brunching and you could learn something from it. <laughs> like, you know? Like, you don't have to be like, damn, now I have to, like, post a bunch of happy shit about how perfect my life is. Oh, I whatever. hate that shit. Yeah, I hate the right? social media competition. It's, it's like the oh, worst. I can't even imagine being a teenager right now with the social media bullshit and how competitive that whole world is. Oh, we could actually probably do a whole episode on that. But yeah. One of my clients used a phrase when talking about social media the other day. He said, compare and despair. <laughs> <laughs> perfect. I know. And he's like, that. I was like, yep, yeah, that's, that's it. He's like, Instagram is just compare and despair. <laughs> um, hey, thanks for staying with us. Yes. Thank or, you. Um, we, uh, yeah, we would love to hear from you. Yeah. And, you know, we hope that at least some of this might resonate with you if you have had experiences like this or some that are way crazier. Yeah. Let us know. Let us know. Or keep it inside your heart and just, just scream inside your heart. Just scream inside your heart (laughs) (laughs) and put that out into the universe. Maybe it will hit something. At the end of the (laughs) day. Maybe it will hit Pluto. Yeah. Maybe it'll knock Mercury (laughs) in or out of retrograde depending. Yeah. You know, your shadow self is just waiting yeah all of ours (laughs) oh god um yeah check us out on the socials we're at shame pod we don't post as much as we should so you that's true that's true maybe you should go on look at us tag us and you know publicly shame us about how little we (laughs) we're we're going online that's true um yeah or you can email us shamepod at gmail.com i would like to give a shout out since we're reaching the halfway point of the podcast to our editor extraordinaire uh Paolo Diwa, who has done just such a great job for us since the beginning. And um, sometimes, you know, when I record this, I don't really know who's listening. I know like I'm recording at home so my husband can hear me. But um, Paolo, I don't I don't think you're terrible. I don't think all men are bad. I just get a little carried away sometimes. Um, but no, Paolo's amazing. Yeah, Paolo's amazing. He gets it. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah, thanks for hanging with. And uh, we'll be back next week with uh, uh, the halftime show. show. And so. it's going to be it's gonna be a little different. We're going to mix it up. Yeah. Be very excited. Yeah. All right. 
We will see you, see you next, next Tuesday. Tuesday. Bye. Bye.